You're listening to the Colts Blue Zone Podcast with Mike Chappell and Dave Griffiths. Inside the Fox 59 CBS4 Podcast Studio, welcome to the Colts Blue Zone Podcast. Alongside Mike Chappell and Matt Adams, I'm Dave Griffiths. Matt Adams, let me enunciate the T there at the end. I kind of swallowed it there. My bad, big guy. Thank you all for joining us. Going to be a, a fun, I think, hour we have ahead of us. Um, we are uh, into the in the NFL range in the conference championship round of the playoffs. Four teams left. Uh, plenty of good quarterbacks. Plenty of quarterbacks. The people uh, people argue whether they're good or not in in this last four. But heck, they, they're doing something right to get they're the team. there. Yeah, right? Exactly. Anybody will take that. That that and that being here at this point of the year, still playing. Um, but uh, our, our our Colts-centered uh, chat today will focus entirely on the quarterback position, um, where they are, what happens next year, uh, things to do in the future uh, for the benefit of Anthony Richardson, all that stuff. So a, a good way to to continue on our Colts off-season coverage is to focus on the one position, Mike, that uh, that uh, that matters above everything else. We probably did did that last year about this time. But with a different slant on it, just a little bit. You know who who is the quarterback going to be? Uh, now we know who the quarterback is going to be, and and I wrote about it, I posted it yesterday about Anthony Richardson, and because it's, it's funny, I'm watching Lamar Jackson, I'm watching Josh Allen, and a few other plays or players, and that's exactly the style and the impact the Colts envision with Anthony Richardson. Yep, it just is. I'm I'm not, I'm not comparing him with with those two guys at all because of they've done it but that's what you want and and remember we talked to chris ballard at the end of the season he said when you have that guy he just makes teams defend you differently because he puts so much stress on 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 the the middle of the defense and in the edges and we were watching with with uh, jonathan taylor go for 188 against houston what would he have done if there was a threat, a, a, ser- a not even a serious, just a significant threat at quarterback that game. So uh, I think it's really intriguing what this team might have with uh, AR. Uh, what they want to do is get to this point of the year and keep on playing. Now, conference championships this weekend on Sunday on CBS4, if you're in central Indiana, the Chiefs and the Ravens play at 3 o'clock in Baltimore, uh, the site of Matt Gay's glorious leg from this year. Uh, and then the Lions visit San Francisco to take on the 49ers at 6.30 p.m. right after that first game. Uh, that'll be on Fox 59 here in central Indiana. So the two championship games will winners go on to the Who's Super your money Bowl. on? Your money or, you, or my money? Who? Yes. <laughs> I, I, I've learned to quit betting because, uh-huh. you know, they keep building casinos. Right, but so who, it needs who, to be my money. Who do you like in these two? I like... You know, it's hard for me to pick against Mahomes, even even though I, the Ravens are clearly the better team. They are like, uh, and and Lamar Jackson is playing out of his gourd right now, as he has most of this season. I, like, I just find it difficult to pick against Mahomes, but I will nevertheless because I, I do think that the Ravens are are the best team in the league right now. They're the so, best team playing the best right now. Right, exactly. Which is a bad combination if right. you're trying to beat them. It, it is. Um, so maybe the Chiefs' uh, shortcomings finally do catch up to them in the playoffs here. 
Um, and, and I don't think Mahomes being on the road matters at all. Like it didn't last week. I know that was a that was a storyline, and I understand why it's a storyline because it's never happened before, and it's so unique that he went through so long in his career and never played on the road. So, so I'm not criticizing media or talking heads for for bringing it up, but but I do not think it was ever going to be a big deal. Right, guys, when, when I, I know it's the playoffs, so it's different. But the guys won plenty of right. games on the road and performed yes. at a high level, right. so it, it's. It's not going to psych him out. No. He didn't win an Indy two years ago. He did no, not win an Indy. There you go. Colts got that going for them. Hey, so I'll take the Ravens to the AFC, and I want so badly for the Lions to win in the AFC. I'm, I'm going with the Lions. Let's go. I, I just think there's something there. First, they're a pretty good team. They are. They're, they're play, they ain't Jared Goff's playing out of his mind, but that's a good team. Uh, I, I think they find a way, because I just think the Niners have sort of been almost finding ways – almost to not win. And I'm, I'm guessing Debo Samuel's plays because guys play mm-hmm. this time. But I just think there's something special with the Lions. Yeah, I would love to see the Lions go on. So I want to pick them, so I will pick them. And San Francisco will cry an entire offseason for some other reason. Like last year was the fact that they lost every one of their quarterbacks see, in Bro- that game Brock Purdy wasn't that good. Exactly. Brock, not, not that good. But but uh, but they'll they'll find something else to cry about this off season and and then go into next year and and say this is our year and, and then you know we'll see about that. But anyway, Sunday, February 11th in Las Vegas is of course Super Bowl 50 uh, 58. Matt, I believe it is. Oh, three, I think you're right. Yeah, yeah. three uh, three ones there, mm-hmm. and uh, and that'll be fun. And that'll be uh, a heck of a weekend for the NFL. Of course, we've talked about the. Um, uh, what's going on with the uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame, as always, uh, Super Bowl week, and, and Chaps rolling that. Um, looking forward to just reading your body language after the uh, the final deliberations are, are all done. We'll have, a, we'll have a, a podcast before the Super Bowl about the Hall of Fame, just because. Of course, we have to, naturally. Maybe um, there's a reason. Yes, there, there could be a reason for that. Um, and... Uh, and yeah, so so that'll be fun. That'll be eager. Uh, I'm eager to see uh, see what happens there. And, we, and I mentioned this on. I was talking to Jake Corey on the radio the other day, and he's good at trying to get me to say things I can't say. We have had our meeting. Okay, it is done. So, so it is done. Okay. And and I, I said, didn't know that it was done. Done. Yeah, it was. It's done. Done. Was it over the last week? That this La- happened? Last Two week weeks? we okay. had our we had our uh, okay our meeting. So all right. So but it, it's, it's it's it's, it's going to be interesting. And it, but again, it's everything is is. Under wraps, of course, very much so for a lot of reasons. But mm-hmm. uh, no, we'll we'll have a, a good discussion. Uh, we'll figure out what day we want to do it. A good discussion coming up in the uh, in the future on this Colt Blue Zone podcast. Nowhere else can you get the musings of. I could get myself fired exactly from, from well, the selection. Somewhere else from the no no from from the selection process. Right. I, I get myself uh-huh. dismissed. But I don't want to do that. Yes, I, 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 I don't want to see that happen. But I, I will be relieved because then I can just kind of. Not do talking points. I'll just be like, okay, right. let's let's talk about this uh, thing. Your your last year, chap. Uh, you can you can go out with a bag. <laughs> I've always said that if you do it, if you do this long enough, the, the one thing that you've got is your reputation, and that people trust you. If you're ever gonna betray trust, make sure it's something really big. Darn right. Uh, not just like I hear that. No, go out where people are really peeled at you because of what you did. So I won't do that. But I, I've always had it in the back of my mind is go out with a bang so they remember you. Mm-hmm. It'll be for the wrong reasons. Right, of course. W- once you betray trust of you're an done. owner or a head coach, you're done. Yeah. Or a player. So. Right. Now, is, is that a lifetime appointment? How, how does that work with the, once you're on the, the committee? Well, I say lifetime. I, I've done it for like 30 years. Uh, you, they, they take a, a, 
a person from the market. I, I replaced uh, John Banch, longtime star guy, the late John Banch, who's going to go into the— I was about to say, I wanted to bring that up. Indiana today. Sports Riders and Sportscasters Hall of Fame. Big congrats to John Banch. Uh, he was— he, he, who started yeah. day one, just like you did, uh, yes. covering the Indianapolis Colts yep. back in the day. I saw you tweeting about it, so I wanted to right. bring it up today. And that's what I, I sort of it, – it's kind of strange how that works out. I was working – I was a sports editor in Anderson for 10 years. Mm -hmm. The Colts moved in the first year they, they were having training camp in Anderson. So I sort of stayed there and worked. But John was a good guy, and he'll go in, and we'll be there in April in Greenwood, which is really a cool thing. There's a lot of us from the star who've been fortunate enough to be in the Hall of Fame and – the Phil Richards and Tom Reitmans and all these guys. It'll be pretty cool. But, uh, no, you, you, the, I replaced him. Every, unlike AP, which we could spend a podcast on not having, Indy not having representation in the AP honors, which is ludicrous. Everybody in the, all, all teams, all markets in the Hall of Fame or ha, have a representative in the Hall of Fame. There's 50 of us, so there's 32 with each of the teams, and then there's a bunch of at-larges. So I'll do it until I either betray trust or they <laughs> I retire. Mm -hmm. So, But it's, it's pretty cool. There's It's it's very, very, very spirited uh, debate. Uh, but, again, we'll, let's not go down that rabbit hole no. now. It, no, we'll no, we'll, we'll have that, but, no, that that's kind of how it works. Yeah, and we'll, it will, it'll need to be more than just a rabbit hole. It'll need to be it'll, quite, it'll quite, be a, day. quite we, a chunk. And we, can, we, we, and we can, will. We can stretch an hour of BS. Oh, of course. And but <laughs> like with the best of them, <laughs> it's our special. Here we are. We're nine minutes in, and all we're doing is BS. And, <laughs> exactly. But uh, uh, no, it's it's always cool, and there's always debate. So yeah, we'll we'll get to that in a few weeks. Hey, the uh, couple filling uh, fillings in of coaching vacancies across the league. We entered the week with five openings. We're down to three right now. Uh, the first one, the big one, the big domino falling with Jim Harbaugh leaving Michigan to come back to the NFL and coach the Los Angeles. Chargers, three times Big Ten champion with the Wolverines just last year, an undefeated season, winning a national title. Of course, previously, before he was with Michigan, he was with the San Francisco 49ers, so some experience in the NFL before. Those four years in San Francisco were tremendous. Three of them, he went to the NFC Championship game. One of those three went on to the Super Bowl, eventual loss to the uh, to the Baltimore Ravens that year, and his brother John, the Harbaugh, mm -hmm. if you will. And, uh, and just so happens there will be a Harbaugh next year because they play in the regular season, the, uh, the Chargers and the Ravens do. And then the year after that, 2025, is when the Colts play the AFC West. So the Colts will face their former uh, quarterback and uh, captain comeback himself, Jim Harbaugh, um, in 2025 uh, out there. So um, I, it, it seemed like it was something that was almost inevitable. Him coming back I to the NFL so e even before everything well, I thought went you were down. Going to say the Chargers. I, I thought the Chargers okay. thing just made total sense. There you go. Why, why do you think the Chargers made sense? He's for got him? the quarterback. Yeah. He's got the quarterback. It's the obvious answer, right? I mean, why, why if you're if you're a Harbaugh or, or Bill, Bill, Bill Belichick, who's still how many interviews is he going to have with Atlanta? I, I don't know. I, <laughs> it's hard to know what's going on there. But when you're at that at that point in their careers, more more so with Belichick, obviously, but. You're not going to go somewhere where Washington, who's their, what's their quarterback future in Washington, Atlanta. I don't know what you do. So go somewhere. We've always looked at the Chargers, and and I really like Tom Telesco. I, I think he's a really good guy. He's a friend. Something's not had not worked there because they were just not very good. Well, they, they were no, they were they were that seven and nine 
nine and seven. Just a perennial underachiever. With, with star power. Mm-hmm. With star power at prime positions. So for Harbaugh now to go there, and he's always – it seems like he's always had – when he's hit that quarterback, he's been really, really good. Who did, who did he take – with with Frisco was it was that it's Colin Kaepernick Ka- Kaepernick he yeah Ka- Kaepernick was one of the first of this latest wave right. I think of mobile super mobile quarterbacks with he right. had a rocket arm man Kaepernick right. and did. the Colts beat him out there back in the day mm-hmm. but no I I just thought that made so much sense back on the West Coast uh, but but with the quarterback I just don't see these marquee guys going somewhere when you don't know who the court and we'll get we're going to get into that with the Colts right. If you don't have a quarterback, it's just everything is such a struggle. Yeah. Um, and uh, you mentioned Tom Telesco. Uh, the Chargers fired him, so he was looking elsewhere, but not for super long, as the uh, the Raiders hired him as their GM. So he's staying out west as well in the AFC West. Um, spent uh, a lot of time with the Colts uh, as an area scout, Telesco did. Uh, director of pro scouting, director of player personnel, vice president of football operations uh, here in Indianapolis, 1998 to 2012. The golden years there uh, of the Peyton Manning area, era, excuse me. And then was with the Chargers for a decade from 2013 to 2023 um, before now moving to their AFC West rival. And I, I would love to get... Um, this isn't the place for it on this podcast, but I love to just pick the brains of someone who's covered the Chargers for a long time to see what 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 was missing there. Like, because Telesco, you mentioned that he has marquee players in star positions. Like the GM from that era, uh, that perspective, can only do so much. He's got to get the players. The coaches have to mix the ingredients, and then the players have to execute. You know, it's kind of three levels of get the players, coach the players players execute like what what could he have done more were there just did you get the stars but not fill out the roster was was your depth just hot garbage the entire time like what's what would be somebody's opinion out there of of the actual roster and what telesco was able to accomplish because you're right like you look across i think the perception of them around the league is they have a lot of talent they have a lot of star power and for some reason they're just underachievers i I wonder if out there they'd be like well yeah there's some big stars but the depth is just not there. They and if you see better. it from week to week, you know. Right. You, you do. Know. And that's why I say you got to right. look at somebody out And there. again, I, I haven't researched it because that's not my area. But what was their record in, in one-score games? I bet it was not very good. Right. I think when it came time to make the plays, they didn't make the plays. Mm-hmm. And you need players to make plays too, and they have some players. So, so maybe maybe they think the 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 fault lies in the players, and it lies in in Herbert. It lies in Eckler. It lies in uh, for the years Keenan Antonio Allen, Gates I mean. or and Keenan Allen. Yeah, exactly. Whoever it was to, during that time. So, so like I said, I think would be an interesting discussion. Uh, the second head coaching opening was just uh, announced. I think it was Adam Schefter who broke the news on ESPN um, right before we we started this podcast. And that's uh, the Carolina Panthers opening appears to be going to uh, Dave um, Canales? C- Canales. That's it. Canales, um, who was the offensive coordinator for the Buccaneers last year. His first year was an offensive coordinator there um, and certainly led to a resurgent season for Baker Mayfield. His best career is not really even resurgent, kind of resurgent in a way, but his best season entirely uh, in his four or five years, six years, whatever it is in the NFL, um, getting the Buccaneers to the playoffs, getting them a win in the playoffs over a terrible Eagles team that we don't need to talk about. But uh, Nick Sirianni Sirianni still has a job. Keeping his job, exactly. So we'll see how that goes. And there's bringing in Vic Fangio. I was going to say, it's it's, It's just all all, all coming together. It's all moving around and coming back together to to the Colts. It all comes back to Indianapolis somehow. But um, with uh, – anyway, 
Um, so uh, Canales gets that job uh, trying to do to um, Bryce Young uh, what he did for Baker Mayfield, obviously, this year. And they have a connection there. The new GM um, in Carolina. Dan um, Morgan. Morgan uh, came from Went Seattle. Went to school with Reggie, I believe. I think Reggie was oh, really? tweeting that they were no, at, at Miami, I believe. Okay. Well, he was in Seattle for a long time before he went to Carolina, and that's how he knew Canales because Canales spent a bunch of years there in Seattle. There's always exactly. dots to connect. Yep, with Russell Wilson. Uh, and the higher up the food chain as far as coach GM, the, yep. they're, they're, the, the dots, there's not a lot of you know separation between those dots. No, they're your guys. Uh, for, that's, for, and, that's, and that's No one should be surprised at that. Yes. It happens a lot. So three positions uh, left, three head coaching positions left, uh, the Falcons, the Seahawks, and the Commanders. Um, like you said, Bill Belichick's still out there. Um, a couple other candidates still out there. So we'll just have to keep our uh, – we'll, we'll keep you updated here uh, and, and uh, online on Twitter at Colts Don't Blue you think Zone. that Belichick gets one, Vrabel gets one, and then uh, and I And after know. that, I don't know. It seems like they, uh, the Falcons also really do like that Texans coordinator, the offensive coordinator. Um, they've had him for Slowick, a couple of Slowick, yeah, mm-hmm. for a couple interviews. So I don't know. Maybe they they pull a fast one and go with him. What what if you're Atlanta? We've talked about this, and you bring in Bill Belichick for now a third interview. What are you talking about? I don't know. Two should be enough. Yeah, you don't. Need one should be enough. <laughs> Bill mean, Belichick, man, come uh, on. He, he, <coughs> yeah, me. I'm the guy that beat you when I was down twenty eight to three. I mean, mm-hmm. what what do you say to him? I, that to me, that's just so strange. How the first interview, the second interview, I would think that's when you know yes or no. Uh, so I, right. I, it's it's just it's just strange. Of course, that, that's that's probably when you deal with Bill Belichick. That's it's just going to be strange, right? Uh, the Colts assistant general manager Ed Dodds is still considered a uh, very. Uh, attractive general manager candidate. They're going to lose him one of these years. They will, one of them. Um, he's going to stop taking his name out of consideration, which right. he's done a couple times in the past. Um, and, and he will find a spot that he likes and, and people who like him. It's going to go both ways eventually. Um, he was considered a finalist for the Raiders opening. I know he had an interview uh, with the Chargers as well for their GM opening. So we'll keep uh, keep an ear out for Ed Dodds. Um, could be an Indy next year. Might not be an Indy next year. We'll see uh, over the next uh, coming weeks when they finish um, making those uh, hires also. And, and I mentioned that mostly because uh, Jim Harbaugh got hired in the, with the Chargers, but they do not have a general manager right, right now because okay. they, they fired Telesco. And so they're got to find somebody that's going to be able to match with Harbaugh. Mm-hmm. Well, it's obvious that Harbaugh is going to have a, a big. He'll have a big role. role there. He'll have a big role. Whoever they're going to bring in is going to be a guy that that will sort of understand that he's below Harbaugh in the pecking order. Yeah. So I don't know if Dodds would be interested in that because right. because That'd so be many tough. teams have been been interested in him before. Like, why would he take that? You know, like that, that seems to me like like a losing proposition. Maybe that's why the thing with Belichick in Atlanta is not done it's true. Because, because they're saying, hey, we want you to be a coach. We're not giving you carte blanche on, right. on, on personnel. Right. Who knows? Who knows? Only the people in the room. The room where it happens, as they say. Um, the Colts have made some coaching staff changes. Uh, Shane Steichen, of course, uh, when we uh, sat down with him after the season, uh, told us when we asked him about coaching staff changes, he said, I really value continuity. And he stressed that 
uh, multiple times when we were trying to kind of pick uh, pick and prod about specifically whether Gus Bradley would be back next year. Um, Shane Steichen said then, yeah, I like continuity. I, I like continuity. I want continuity. But we will not have entire continuity on the defensive side of the ball because the Colts uh, will not renew the contracts for uh, defensive assistant coaches Nate Ollie on the defensive line and Mike Mitchell, an assistant uh, coach in the secondary. Uh, Ollie was the defensive line coach for the last two years, and this past year, the Colts set a franchise record with 51 sacks, an Indianapolis-era franchise record. The year before, they came darn close. Was it 42 the year breaking before? breaking the record. Yes, 45? it was 40 yeah, they, they, they were within a few sacks. Right. Mitchell was an assistant defensive backs coach, like I said, who had been – on staff or coaching intern, whatever the specific term is, for a couple years here, even before that, and played a season with the Colts in 2018 uh, as well. Mike is shaking his head. I, 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 my gut tells me that they, they, that they were on board with bringing Gus back, but said, Gus, there's got to be some changes. Right. I, I just, that's how else do you read this? Nate Ollie is a strange one. Because you go down up and down that line, and almost everybody had the best year of their career. Right, they just did. Like, like let, 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 let's list them: Quiddy Pay, best year of his career; Dio Dangbo, best year of his career; Tyquan Lewis, best year of his career; Grover Stewart. That's, well, that's probably tough, not but, right, but when he was playing, was fine. DeForest Buckner, fine year. Maybe not mm-hmm. the best year of his career because no, he's had it, a lot of really Ebicom, super Super solid, got what you got. But Samson, all three of those other guys, Samson Ebicom. Mm-hmm. Best year of his career. It, it's just strange. Uh, you know, they, they, weren't, they weren't good enough, I've used the word atrocious, against the run. Mm-hmm. But that, that there was a lot of stuff going on there. And it, it, it's just, and we're never going to know why. Well, it's because. That, you know, I'm the, sure that's the answer we'll get. Right. When we asked Shane. Uh, but it was just strange. Mike keep Mitchell. That internal. Mike Mitchell, the, the, the day he tweeted after, <laughs> after Michael Pittman got blown up against Pittsburgh. You I had mean, the feeling that. You had the feeling. Because remember, we talked to Shane about that. And he gave one of those stern, no comments, sort of, we'll keep, we'll keep that in house. And it was not like, <laughs> hey, we'll keep that in house. No, it was like, We've addressed that. So, mm-hmm. We're going to have a conversation yes. about that, or we have already had a conversation right. about and that. And Mike Mitchell as well, that was that was against the Steelers. Like, Correct, and, yes. And, and Mitchell played a good mm-hmm. portion of his career in Pittsburgh. And like he's always, he when, when we have spoken of it to him in the past, has been always very glowing of his time in Pittsburgh and Mike Tomlin and, and that culture over there. He's always seemed more of a stealer than a Colt. And I don't mean that disparagingly and that he's not no. giving 100% of right. his effort here. Not at all. But I'm just saying he's, he's, he's never – he's always felt like this was a, a temporary stop. And that happens a lot with coaches right. for him. And he had an opportunity here, and he took advantage of the opportunity here. He was very valued here. Listen to Kenny Moore talk about uh, how yep. important Mike Mitchell was for his development as a young player and the leadership he brought to stabilize the defensive side of the ball that year when he came on. I believe it was midseason that he came on um, because of uh, injuries in the secondary. They needed someone desperately. Mitchell came in and was very, very helpful for that young secondary uh, during that time. But like I said, just always see, like he, all, I, I always felt like he was more of a stealer who was just here. And I don't know if he goes back to the Pittsburgh um, coaching staff in some way, shape, or form, or goes somewhere else. Um, I, I say, hey, best of luck to him. But like you said, right. it, it felt like after after that day, after that tweet, 
that okay, I think your your time is going to have a hard end here in Indianapolis. And again, j- j- just so fans understand, these guys were not fired. No, their their contracts were not renewed. They're, they're you know the the the, the results are saying they're not working here anymore. But there's a difference. They, there just is. Mm-hmm. Like if he was still under contract for one more year, he might still be here. I, I don't know. Perhaps like that's perhaps that's that's not out of the realm of because assistant coaches by and large have two year contracts, right? Uh, and and so that that's how it goes. And generally, it, it, I'd have to go back and look. I think it's rare that a guy gets fired. But but it's unless not, an entire staff leaves. You know. Right. Yes. Yes. Right. Correct. So but but I, I go back to what I initially said. I, I just think that they because because even Chris Ballard mentioned that there had to be changes made. We have to do something differently, whether it was philosophically, scheme wise on defensive staff because God, they were 28th or 29th in scoring. Yeah. yeah. 20, 28th. Yeah. Right. It's so rare that guys get fired that Chris Strasser had his job for the entire uh, 2022 season on the offensive line. It's amazing. It's amazing. <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry. I could not let that go. <laughs> of all the guys that were fired, all that were the fired chaos, on that side. Unbelievable. And, yes. and, and then he, he lands to Houston and they make the playoffs. Exactly, yeah. Who, who has the last laugh? Well, and then you, you talked to, gosh, was it Ryan Kelly? And and they were just talking about the offensive line continuity and and how different it is this year. It's just like a- Everything so those guys said, Ryan as much as anyone, is he never mentioned Strasser by name, but everything he said was like Tony Sperano is – was the reason mm-hmm. he's because this was it pro football focus was the Colts where they they weren't third were I, they, I think were they, they were third? I think they were and and again seeing it week to week I'm thinking really, really? top 10 okay I'll give you top 10 yeah but third holy smokes and, and you can always do what you want with their rankings and all that but it, it, it was it was night and day and it had to be how they were handled in the room on the practice field because th- th- there was more personnel stability on the line in 2022. Remember, this year, Braden Smith misses seven or eight games. Mm-hmm. Ryan Kelly misses a handful of games. Ryman uh, missed a couple. Ryman missed handful. a couple. So, so it, I thought it was it, – it was, and they point out coaching, coaching. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, when, when the name's not mentioned, but everybody knows what's going on, it, it's like the uh, the 2022 quarterback position all over again. Yes, in some ways, like the name's not mentioned, but everybody knows who you're talking about. But well, we, we might mention uh, his we name. We might circle back to a reference uh, on a little that bit one. later. Yes, uh, in the podcast, a deep tease there, which I'm eagerly looking forward to. But oh God, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> <Chat>. <laughs> oh, now, just hit I, chat. Now, now I know where you were going. This with is that. why we did this entire podcast. Okay, okay. when we're talking about quarterbacks for the Indianapolis Colts. Just a giant troll job this week. In 2024, you guys who are listening, let me tell you, boy, you have one heck he, of a podcast coming. He whose coming. name we won't mention but we will. will be mentioned. Yes, for the rest of this podcast, it is going to be a fantastic <laughs> ride from here on out. Um, but we will start with uh, the players who are actually on roster uh, currently. And that includes uh, Gardner Minshew, whose contract will expire uh, in mid-March, technically, this year. Yeah, exactly what the day is, is, and he becomes a free agent. Um, But we're going to kind of go position by position, or maybe cover several positions at once over the next couple weeks here on the Colts Blue Zone podcast as we continue on in the offseason. But we figured there's no better place to start than at quarterback. Um, And it comes with a certainty. Finally, nicely, a certainty going into the future 
that Anthony Richardson is the Colts guy to build around moving forward. He's entering his second year. He got four starts in year one. They certainly would have wanted more than that, a lot more. If you had told Chris Ballard and Shane Steichen in May, you know, after they drafted Anthony Richardson and all they're saying, and Jim Irsay, and all they're saying is reps, reps, he needs reps, 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 reps. You'd be like, well, he's going to get four starts this year. 173 reps. Yep, the 173 snaps, that's it, or, or throws. Um, they, they would have said that's not good uh, to, to a man that, um, that 2023 was, was detrimental, not detrimental, but not helpful enough, not as helpful as they would want, as they would plan for Anthony Richardson's first year. However, chap, looking ahead now, this is what it is. And you've got Anthony Richardson going into year two, coming off an injury, trying to get better. Um, and his development is not at square one by any stretch in the NFL, but it is not at quote unquote, the square to year two in Apple. Exactly. That, that the Colts wanted at this time or in March or in April of last year. Yeah. And again, it's, we, again, we talked to Richardson in at the end of the season and the plan is if, if the rehab progresses, he's supposed to start throwing February. So him being ready for, for, off-season work, we'll see about that. That's April. That might be a bit quick. I don't know. OTAs, probably. Right. Certainly training camp. Certainly training camp. Uh, and one thing, again, I did the story that I posted yesterday, and he, 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 yes, he, he started four games. He only played three games. Right. Because he misses his second half of two games, so he basically played 12 quarters. Mm-hmm. Uh, was it 84 passes he threw? I think it was 50-something of 84. I don't want to the, – the numbers get clogged up. But last offseason, he wasn't the guy. He wasn't the guy until – was it the second week of August? I think so, when they officially named him. So until the then, they're, they're sort of – And they were flipping back and forth. That's what I mean. team reps. Yeah, that, exactly. That's what I mean. It, it wasn't like some big smokescreen. This right. is what they were actually doing. Because they didn't know. Right. Now they, they they wanted right. How many is it? <laughs> you got it there? Yeah, it's a, <clears throat> excuse me, fifty completions on eighty four attempts. That's what I thought. Just under sixty percent, right, on completion percentage. So, so again, going into this off season, they will know. They will now. They can they can tailor the offense around this guy as opposed to yes, they sort of did last year, but you just didn't know. So they'll have the entire off season. Knock on wood, they'll have all of training camp, and this is their guy. And that's got to be huge. Uh, again, we'll see how far along his rehab will have him. And I think it's probably important that he's ready to go to some level for OTAs. Mm-hmm. I, I just do the, you know, the veteran men in camp on OTAs. And you would think that with rehab, with the throwing, he should be okay mm-hmm. by, by late April, May, May, mm-hmm. middle mm-hmm. of May. Mm-hmm. So, but to know, to know who your guy is, and then we'll get into the, the the pecking order behind him, but moving forward to know he's your guy and we can build around his strengths is huge. Yeah, Matt, I think if you had to grade Anthony Richardson's rookie year, you'd get an incomplete. Absolutely, nice same here. Um, but like, if you could, and that's obvious, so I don't think you need to really break that down too much. But um, if you could grade just the eye test, the eye test, <laughs> to uh, to turn a phrase, um, like what. 
how, how would you evaluate what you saw from Richardson in in those in his limited uh, snaps here in Indianapolis? I mean, I, I really felt this way after watching him play a couple games. I, I think the Colts knocked it out of the park on picking him in, in the draft. We saw so much with the mobility. Uh, there was more awareness out there than I think I expected, better command of the offense than I expected. And, man, that guy can throw the football. Yeah. I, I, I didn't see too many – as Andrew Luck called them bonehead throws and like, like there, there were, there were mistakes. There was imperfections. There were like in chess, you would call them inaccuracies, but I didn't see as many blunders as, as I thought I would, even in four games, like you thought, especially at the start of the year, that there would be like a real, uh, a, a low level expectation. And, and he surpassed my, I had, like I said, lower expectations. What was his completion? 59%? 59%. Yeah, yeah like 59 and, and, and a half. And it's gotta be, it's gotta be, Mid sixties, it just ha- it has right. to be. He, he's got to work his way. Some up. of those intermediate routes, some of the, the things that require a little bit softer of a touch, but we kind of knew that coming in is that's a developing part of his game, and he still got to work on that. And we compared him last year when we knew he was the Colts' quarterback to a Josh Allen in his development type thing. And in his first couple years, especially his first year, Josh Allen was down in that range, like fifties, low fifties at Wyoming. He was in that range, and then after two years. Boom, shot up to mid-60s to high-60s um, because of the development that he had there under Brian Dable, um, under um, Ken Dorsey was the quarterback coach again, and and by also bringing in uh, Stephon Diggs at the opportune time certainly helped. Uh, so that, that'll well. help. Yeah, it helped a little bit. Just a little bit. But, but so, so we've compared it to that, saying that like it's certainly not it, – it's not – you look at fifty nine percent, and if you have a seasoned quarterback chap, that's bad. Like it, it. You, you, you lose you lose jobs when you're year four in the NFL. Because and you're still that, that means you're not doing it right on, on like third clicking. on third down yeah. on third down. Is you're not when, being efficient, and, right. right? Yeah, you're not making it. But but rookie year, that is not something you don't throw the baby out with the bathwater here. No, no. Uh, so so Richardson uh, had, like I said, a, a rookie year that I thought was. A, a solid B, B-plus with, with the eye test. Like, I, I'm not going to give it an A from, from what I saw, um, but because I, 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 I want to be – I would want to be more – You want more. Exactly. Yeah, you, yeah, more. you need like, more. I would be more – like, if I'm, if I'm in covering the Texans now and I see C.J. Stroud's rookie year, he gets an A because – Who do you feel better about, the Colts or Carolina? Carolina, I feel better if I'm the Colts right so now. So do I. Yeah, I, I you, you have no idea. N- none. It, it, this is almost like uh, in Carolina, it's almost like uh, Jacksonville's first year yeah. with, with Trevor yeah. Lawrence. Very I much mean, so. I consider that a wasted year. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Just, I mean, just I, a I complete I think that Bryce waste. Young's is as well. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, I'd, I'd much rather be, uh, looking into the future, I'd rather be uh, Indianapolis. And, heck, Panthers traded away their, their first-round pick. He's, so. he's got to be the guy. Yeah. No, but, but then so does Richardson. Yep, you're right. Richardson has got to be the guy here, or, or, or it's going to be desolation for the next five or six years. Yeah. So with him solidified, number one, we turn our attention to uh, number two and, and beyond that at the quarterback position for the Colts. Gardner Minshew had, by every metric, for a backup quarterback, a fantastic fill-in season as a starter brought a team that was projected to win six and a half games to the brink of the playoffs, led them there, was very much appreciated, liked, respected in the locker room, among the coaching staff for his contribution. But now we can turn our attention to looking forward as well. Like we we can evaluate what he did, which was um, everything you would have wanted from him. He was everything... 
you would have wanted slash expected. Correct. Like together. Like if, if you met, if you had reasonable expectations, he was everything, like every bit reasonable expectations that and, and you would have And the criticism comes because he got you right there and he couldn't get you a smidgen more. But, but that's... Couldn't complete fourth and one to to Tyler Goodson out of the backfield. I'm gonna I'll go to Which my grave saying make a better throw. Yep, yep, I I, I will too. And it, yeah, like you can you can you can Josh say, and I'm sitting there watching Josh Allen. There was a fourth and one or fourth and two. Yeah, I've the same I'm, thing from last I mean, week. Holy, no, he threw the receiver, but it was just it was the same concept, same mm-hmm. same idea, and he put it right where you can run with it. And yep. Make, but but again, having said that. There are there is a ceiling, and everything that we say it seems to be we're, we're trashing Gardner Minshew, and I don't mean to. It's just that there there is a ceiling, but there's a ceiling with virtually every backup. There was a ceiling with Joe Flacco. He finally got to his ceiling, but that's that's the that's the uh, that that that's what you get with backups, and you hope when you get a backup that he plays two games, not whatever it was, thirteen. Yeah, and it's this is a completely different conversation, obviously. If it is Gardner filling in a couple of games, picking up a couple of wins for the Colts, then you're like, okay, great, we got to keep this guy here. Go, go, great in against, go in against Houston, finish a game, and not just finish it, but, but a yes. star in it. Mm-hmm. And Houston, you know, Houston and Tennessee. Mm-hmm. But the, the, you know, it's, it's the old thing, and it's almost always true: is the longer backups play, the, the more you see why they are that in that in the pecking order of the NFL. But that that, that that shouldn't diminish what he brought to this team this year because he's the re- he he's one of the main reasons they were within a fourth and one of doing something really special. Yeah, I, I think the biggest question I I think that Shane Steichen would love to have Gardner Minshew back because he has a good relationship with them. Chris Ballard I think would love to have Gardner Minshew back as the backup quarterback. I think the biggest question comes to. Is there another team that's going to give him a chance to be the starter in game one? Did another team see enough to think, well, he's better than what we've got? Exactly. Um, whether that's just a bridge guy to, to bring him in, like, I don't know, you're Washington, for example, and you draft Jaden Daniels, and you don't know if you want him to play week one. Like, he's, he's like a four or five year, much different than Anthony Richardson in terms of experience, like starter in, in college. Uh, maybe you think that he needs to develop more to be in the NFL and needs to sit for, for a bit behind a veteran. And you say, okay, Gardner's going to be our guy. We're going to give him a two-year contract, $15 million. And then Jane Daniels, we're going to draft number three overall or whatever it is, number two, wherever they pick. And we're going to sit him, and he's going to come in. Heck, he comes in at game seven or eight. Um, but, and, 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 what, you're, what you're describing is kind of what the Colts did mm-hmm. with Minshew this year. Yes, you know, they wanted Richardson to be the guy. Right. But would it be week one or would it be week five or six? Right. I am describing that. So he could find himself in an exact same position he is this year. But I think to him, to Minshew, that's better than what he's at now with the Colts. Because where he is now is entirely a number two. Entirely a number two. And the only way that he plays is if somebody is hurt again. Uh, undeniably, unequivocally, he came here with the idea that he could be number one and i think since he now has the option as a restricted free as an unrestricted rather free agent he's going to look for that or more so so even if the colts and i think they do want him back to be their number two the ball is in Minshew's court it is not in the colts court initially it's in Minshew's court court. yes because he's going to go out and he's going to look for other deals and i think he's going to get 
something or he'll, he'll something better it. than what the Colts will give him just because of what he did this year. He led a team that was not expected to do anything to the brink of the playoffs. Like he's he's a respected quarterback around the league. I don't know nobody's going to build a team around him. Nobody's going to even give him really the the Baker Mayfield chance I think of last year to compete like is it going to be Baker Mayfield is it going to be this other guy who was their other backup quarterback I can't even remember uh, some is it like Will Grier or something like Maybe. that I, 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 I can't even remember who their backup is in in, uh, in Tampa Bay but it was like him and another guy who's like three or four years into the league who has uh, second third round pick who, hey it's okay he's gonna be the starter I, I don't think he's gonna get that same opportunity but it could be like just like he had this year, an opportunity with a first-round pick. Wherever Michael Penix Jr. goes to Seattle, and and uh, well, that would be a bad example because they have Geno Smith. But they, he gets drafted to to Atlanta, Atlanta. And, and, and they want and they want uh, someone like Gardner Minshew to come in and kind of show them the ropes. I, I I think that is a much more attractive um, position for him to be in personally. Than it would be here. So those are my thoughts about Gardner Minshew. You guys can fill in the gaps. Will his opportunities be more on that, or on the contract he gets from somebody, or or they go hand? Of course, if if you're bringing somebody in to compete for the for the number one job, there's the money's got to be equivalent to that. Right. He he signed here for three point five million. Ended up getting two more million in incentives. So he he basically signed one. He he got one year, five point five. Well, he's not coming back here for that. I mean, what's he come back here for? Eight, nine, and, and again, Chris Ballard mentioned maybe it's a psych and even, but it was Ballard that that they they will do their due diligence on backup quarterbacks because you know huh, we we saw the the value of having a backup quarterback who yep. who knows what he's doing and can handle things for a while. So it'll be very interesting to see if if one if Minshew gets a chance to go somewhere to be to challenge for the starting job. Or is it is it more driven on the contract he gets? And if if boy, it'd be hard to turn down a good contract to be to get more money to be a backup somewhere. Let's say here, let's say the Colts give him ten million dollars to go, as opposed to going to somewhere else. You at least got a chance to compete for maybe a little bit less money. He's in a really he did exactly what you're supposed to do. Yep. He he and Michael Pittman. Both of them. I mean it's mm-hmm. it's you know timing. Have your have your your one of your better years in some respects this was Minshew's best year in your contract year. Yeah, and, and Matt to 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 that point that the chap just made, uh, Pro Football Focus ranks Gardner Minshew as the fourth best available free agent QB and he's behind Kirk Cousins who will be a starter next year. Uh, Ryan Tannehill, who will be probably back up next year, and Baker Mayfield, who will be a starter next mm-hmm. year, probably so, in for a pretty decent payday too. It, exactly, Baker. and so, Mayfield's not going anywhere. No, I, I, no, he's staying in in Tampa. So Bay he'll, for sure. so by by doing that, he, he'll they consider Mayfield the third best, he'll the be second the, best he'll, backup really, because Cousins will be a starter, Mayfield will be a starter, and then so Tannehill is the. I'm only just saying one on the open market, he'll be he'll right. be the third best. Option on the open as market. As a starting, as a quote-unquote right, right. right. Because May, you're, you're right. Mayfield, technically a free agent quarterback, but th- there's no chance they're not right. going to bring him back. Right. So. right. So, so yeah, that's, I mean, that's that's enough for a good, I think, a good payday uh, in free agency. It sounds like it. So. And, and when we saw so many teams, and, and the Colts were one of them this year, with losing their starting quarterback, and you, you kind of saw 
the importance of the backup this year more 100%. than any any other season that that I can recall in recent memory. Uh, that could definitely uh, make the market a little more crowded for for Gardner than maybe we thought. Although, looking through the different football analysis, and there are a million different football blogs and a million different people, some who are informed, some who are not. But the general idea consensus is that Gardner probably most likely returning to the Colts. That there's even though there is a market there, it's not going to be enough to to draw him out. We will see. It depends on the offer. He it, gets, it's going to be on the it offer, really absolutely, the because uh, SpotRack, uh, which tracks uh, player salaries, says that his calculated market value is about five and a half or five point three million dollars mm-hmm. a year. Right. So if you give him something in the in the uh, two year, three year, thirteen, fourteen million dollar deal that's above sort of what they've calculated as the market value, then you'd have to take that deal. Mm-hmm. The Colts do have cap space, which it seems like they always do, and the cap doesn't matter anyway, and all that stuff that, that we say every year. But um, so so like. The, the money is not technically, like, I don't think, an object for, for the Colts, but it's just where Chris Ballard wants to spend right, money. Right. Where, where, is he, where is he comfortable? Yeah, because you you got, they, got they got guys to six sign. Six or man. seven guys. Mm-hmm. That, that and they got I, rookies I, to sign, too. To that I would that rank get. more pressing than, than, than Minshew. I mm-hmm. mean, I, but I would have him top, certainly top five. We can do that sometime. We right. can have a show about that, like our, our most, most important free agents. They, teams – the cap is important. Cash is important. Cash mm-hmm. is, is the overriding thing. Cash is king. And how much it, d- do the Ursay family decide they have to invest? You know, you got you still got to buy guitars. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but you know, obviously the biggest, and, and we'll talk about this either next week or the week after with the receivers. Michael Pittman, he's whatever their cap space is, and you can kiss it goodbye if you're yeah. going to be able to keep him. But again, him. You, you, can, you can backload a little bit, but he's going to take $20 million cap mm-hmm. space. And yep. he's, so, but they, they've got bigger fish to fry until you figure, if not for Minshew, they wouldn't have been in this position this year. They just wouldn't have been. Right. And also Sam Ellinger still on the roster going into his last year, his final year, his fourth year of his rookie contract as a sixth-round pick in 2021. Um, I'm sure there's plenty of Colts fans who still want to see what, what the young man can do uh, given the, the full-time job, and you could count uh, Jim Irsay in that category at least at one point uh, a year ago or so before the Colts took off for New England and um, he met Bill Belichick. And it, it was still one of the most – painful games to watch from a quarterback stand well from a team's from, from a person standpoint <laughs> from wow. a human being standpoint was it nine sacks what an 11 it was nine remember, i think it was, it was nine i think it was, nine. was that's there, the I number that remember. sticks out in my head <laughs> yes i just remember matt judon getting two on the first drive and being like okay here we go you, you might want to block that guy uh, yeah exactly well it's gonna be a long day here in in jolly old new england um he he's a he's a practice squad qb he is uh not not even a backup uh, and so, so if anyone wants to wants to jump into my mentions, uh, go, go ahead. But but he's he's just not a viable backup, especially for if you want a quarter, want a backup for a quarterback who had a very injury prone rookie year, and you want a steady guy who has experience and knows what he's doing in the NFL. Like, do I do I like Ellinger? Yes, I, I think he's an intriguing young prospect. But at some point, you need a steady, solid backup quarterback in the NFL. Like, if especially if you're in the situation the Colts are in, uh, if if you're a team. Like the the Colts of the of the two thousands, and Peyton is your guy. And uh, as Tom Moore says, if eighteen goes down, we're uh, and, and we don't in uh, trouble, and we don't practice trouble in trouble. <laughs> like and if you want Ellinger to be your backup in that situation, fine. But 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 that's not where the Colts are now. So so Ellinger is not your backup quarterback now. It's going to well, be and, someone else. And they had the, you know always keep in mind that that 
personnel moves have to be seen through through Shane Steichen's eyes now. Yes. Not just Chris Ballard. Chris Ballard loves Sam Ellinger. He does. He, he, he It's, it's kind of like like a Michael Pittman. This is this guy has all of the character traits you want in a player in your locker room. And Shane Steigman said, that's fine, but they 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 brought in Gardner Minshew as the backup quarterback. So, you know, and, and that, that, I don't mean to, to trample on on Sam, but yeah, it, they will, if, if, if Gardner Minshew's not back here this year, this coming year, there will be someone else. So if it is someone else. Nice th- transition. There are options. Um, we talked about Ryan Tannehill uh, already very briefly. Um, he's 35 years old. Did you put that last notation on there on this next list we're going on? Yes, okay. it wasn't me. Okay. Go ahead. Okay, yeah. go ahead. I, I, I didn't do it. But, uh, but Ryan Tannehill is going to be one of the more sought-after backup quarterbacks, I think, because of his experience in the NFL. He's gotten – go ahead, Chap. Before we get into this, ideally, do you want a, a backup quarterback who, who more resembles your starting quarterback skill set? Uh, That's mo- a good question. Mo- I think more good more mobility. Not, yes. you know, I, thought Gardner, I thought they got a ton out of Minshew with the yes. RPOs. They really did. Mm-hmm. But he was seldom yes. a threat. But do you want a quarterback that maybe closer resembles? I remember when Michael Vick was a quarterback in Atlanta. How do you have – when he goes down, <laughs> you do a totally different offense. Right. And I think – I personally think the answer to that question is yes. If it works. You can't force if it. If it works. Right. Like if you have the opportunity to do it. I don't think you want to overspend dramatically to do it. But I think the ideal scenario for a head coach – and a team and offense, for that matter, is to have one game plan. And there's and there's a player or two on this list that fit that. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yes. And there's a player or two on this list that don't fit that. Ryan Tannehill. Exactly. Tannehill's one of them. He's more of a he's a, a statue that doesn't move around quite as much. He's actually like he's a decent at moving in the pocket, but he's not a running quarterback. Right. Especially remember, he, he was earlier in his career. He yeah. was, but he's now reached the point that that's not a thing that he does right. anymore. He's 35 now. He's older. He doesn't have the legs he used to have. Joe Flacco, did he ever have legs? I don't know. <laughs> I don't he's believe he did. Now. He's on your list here. Joe Flacco would, would not be anywhere close to what um, what the Colts would want. And he couldn't even do the, the RPO, I, I don't think, in, in, in really any Defensive serious laugh sense. At you. They say, really? Exactly. Go Blue Hens, but, but sorry, Joe Flacco. <laughs> this, is, this isn't going to be your place. Um, after Ryan Tannehill, I think Jacoby Brissett is an intriguing option. But again, he, he's slower than cement. Uh, he's uh, deceptively slow, I believe, is what a chap has said. Uh, I go uh, back to the, the was past. it a fourth and one or what, fourth and two at Tennessee, and uh-huh. I'm thinking he's got the entire right side. But what he can do is get third and one for you. He yes, was he always really he was good very good at that. At Screw that. that. Yeah, uh, push. We, we just do it on our own. Darn right. Jacoby Brissett, an option there was with the Commanders last year at eight million dollars to back them up. Um, Tyrod Taylor. A name that is more of a mobile quarterback, but he is also 34 years old himself. So he is getting to that point where his legs are not what they used to be earlier in his career, whether he was with Buffalo or Baltimore. Um, And he was with the Giants, like I mentioned last year, and got some limited playing time with them there. Marcus Mariota, Jameis Winston, the number one and number two, uh, or flip-flop them, uh, overall picks back a couple years ago. Uh, both made four or five million last year as in backup roles. Uh, Mariota is more of the same vein that um, the Colts would want from 
uh, Anthony Richardson. Uh, Mariota, the Colts, I've, I've always said this, and you've heard it on the podcast, the Colts have always seen the worst of Marcus Mariota. Like, he was always terrible whenever he played them with, with the Titans, and he played decent to, to, to well at other times. But if you're a Colts fan, you see the name Marcus Mariota, you're like, why? He was awful. <laughs> terrible. So... Um, I, like there's there's part of me that, that thinks that too that that that's the the mindset among different Colts brass that I don't know what, what we showed what you what, we showed you who he is exactly how we played how yeah. he played against he, he, he never did all that well right. so so you can see us whittling down all these names very quickly and very easily and that's that's a, I think a, a point an interesting point to make chap even if we're somewhere else we're in another place that needs a backup quarterback and they're looking at this same list and they have their own podcast here uh, in in, a, in an illustrious podcast studio uh, in a local TV station they can poke holes in Gardner Minshew themselves too in spite of uh, what we say of him here and his value here. Like right. for all these guys, that that's why they're backup quarterbacks, and we're not talking about them as, as franchise game changers. So right. uh, important to bring that up as we're going down this list. Tyler Huntley uh, with the Ravens. That's the name that jumped out at me. That is a name Same that jumps here. out to me too. But I think again, Baltimore. Well, like they're I, not going to let him go. There's a lot of intri- intrigue to stay there. Like why would you, if you're Tyler Huntley, really want to go somewhere unless you get an opportunity to start? And you're not getting an opportunity. You're, you're to start not getting here. It here. No. So. Like maybe you want to be like a Gardner Minshew and go somewhere like in Atlanta if you're going to get the the number one reps and then whoever fill, fills in after that, whether it's Penix or or Drake May or whoever it is. Like like there's no reason for you if you're Tyler Huntley to leave Baltimore unless you just hate Baltimore and you hate the coaches and there, there's no there's no uh, reports there's no stories that he does that. Like if you're going to be a backup. Be a backup in Baltimore. And I think they they, they, they value the backup. They do. Very much so. Because uh, I think I've seen, was it uh, Jackson's, was he missed like six or seven games the last few years? Not I think he missed one game this year, I think it yes, was. Yes, he was very healthy this year, which is why he's an MVP right. candidate again. We talked again. about that last offseason. When but we but when, when you've got a running quarterback. You know, it's always good, always good to have some insurance back there. Right. right. And, that, and that's what the backup guy is. It's kind of like insurance in general. Mm-hmm. You have it because maybe you need it. Yep. Uh, another name uh, is uh, Josh Dobbs, uh, who mm-hmm. uh, will be a free agent this offseason. He had, uh, like like a lot of these backup quarterbacks, have like a one-year, $5 million, $6 million, $7 million evaluation from, from uh, spot rack in terms of their projected market value. And Dobbs is in that mix. Uh, he started a couple more games this year than, than some of the other guys. Really was right behind Minchio, I think, in terms of backups who, who played a significant role this year. But the year. longer he played, the more it was like, nah. Yeah, exactly. Nah. But that's what happens to backup quarterbacks, really. Yeah, you, you, you get the film on them. Right. Yep. Yes. You, like, you get film on these guys, and then you like, start to see how we can, you know, counter some of the things they do well yeah some more guys who uh would be available this offseason sam darnold uh would be available this offseason as a free agent uh drew Locke, teddy bridgewater uh nate sudfeld the iu oh product. yeah, yeah okay. let's go he's Big still nate. around yeah i yep. know right blaine gabbert uh, from kansas city he's uh, still around well. yeah, yeah believe it or not josh johnson on this list from baltimore as well w- would you get 30. to the name get to the name would you quit so just, yeah so here we go guys at the 54-minute mark of the Colts Blue Zone podcast on January 25th in the year of our Lord, 2024. Maybe the best option with all other uh, details ignored is a young man who had 27 touchdowns to just seven interceptions only three years ago right here in this city. man by the name of Carson Wentz who uh, moved to uh, Los Angeles to be back up for the Rams at the end of this year. I believe he still lives here. I think he does, too, yes. I, he, he, he moved temporarily. 
Brown, he might still be living Brownsburg, there. Zionsville? Uh-huh. Just, Out in that range. He's, he he bought a house. Like, he's still got uh, his uh, his food truck. I was going to say, crop. he still runs his, his uh, philanthropy around yep, here. Still has a, 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 a presence here. Only made $1.3 million with the Rams this year, just for a couple games near, near the end of the year. His number would be bigger if it was for an entire season, uh, based on his experience uh, in the NFL and his ability uh, as well. But... Carson technically played in two games, but really it was only one that he gained any stats this year. It was the very last game of the year for the Rams. What an intriguing, intriguing stat line he had there for the Rams. Only 163 yards passing, um, but 17 passes thrown. Completed 71% of those passes, by the way, in the final of the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, completed that uh, for, let's see, we had uh, 6.8 yards uh, per pass attempt. Uh, this year, Gardner Minshew was at uh, 6.7, uh, by the way. You so really right, 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 right around that, that, you, that you range. You could be lying to me, and I wouldn't um, know it because I didn't research that. No, you wouldn't. His, uh, his quarterback rating was 99.8 in that one game. Did you know that? And Gardner Minshew's for the whole season, 84.6. Uh, just, just throwing that out there. Rush attempts. This one, the most intriguing. If you want a quarterback that can run, uh, Carson Wentz had 17 rush attempts in his one start. Uh, the final wow. the final game of the season there. He blew out the Los Angeles Rams franchise record for rushing attempts by a quarterback in one game, which was previously held by the venerable Tony Banks, of course, oh, wow. as wow. you all know. That, that takes me back. Uh-huh. 17 rush attempts for 56 yards and scored a rushing touchdown as well in that game for the Rams. That's, that's, a, that's so, on pace for 1,000 yards. Exactly. That's games. what I'm saying. He had two th- passing touchdowns as well, so three touchdowns in, in one game there. For uh, and had 26 fantasy points in that in that last week. 26 in one week. Gardner Minshew only averaged 11 fantasy points. You per have game a better chance of quarterback year. being the backup quarterback next year than CW does. I mean, I think the answer is pretty clear, though. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah. you're looking at a guy with a skill set who can throw. You know, the completion percentage isn't, is good. Like, it's okay. And then you can you can run, run the RPO you stuff. Can run the same exact offense. The door isn't closed. <laughs> and it, let is me tell bolt, you this too. it is bolted like, shut. Like Michael Pittman Jr., he had a fine season this year. I'm tuning, but, I'm tuning you out right now. Go but ahead. you can, I know, and, and everyone's already, already clicked <laughs> off the podcast by now, too, so nobody's <laughs> listening anymore. But I will continue to say that there are metrics, several of them, that say that Michael Pittman Jr.'s best season as a pro I don't was dis- actually I don't disagree with, that. with Carson Wentz at quarterback. So the best season as a pro for both Carson Wentz and Jonathan Taylor came with Carson Wentz as their quarterback right here in Indianapolis. Your best players had their best years when a young man named Carson Wentz was your quarterback here in Indianapolis. You're going to be impossible to live with if they would go down that road again. But as long as uh, Jim Ursay is the owner and operator of the Indianapolis Colts. Put Chris Ballard in that, in that train, too. I, he... And as long as Chris Ballard is the operator, we'll say, well, we'll give him that. Jim Ursay, the owner, Chris Ballard, the operator of the Indianapolis Colts. They will go down a road that is not the best for the franchise because I believe I've already made that point perfectly clear that the obvious best choice for backup quarterback here in Indianapolis for the young Anthony Richardson would be a former second overall pick in the NFL draft. Another guy who came into the league with high expectations knows how to manage them. Exactly, Ryan Leaf himself. He's going he's gonna to hop off the microphone and uh, end his podcast so he can go back. Um, Great Falls, uh, Montana's own Ryan Leaf, a former I, Bison. I think that th- this has all the making, seriously, of being a great ESPN, what do they call it, 30 for 30? Yep. Carson, I'm serious. Carson Wentz on, on how the career went. How Derailed, it, maybe? Yeah, what, yeah. But it's back on now, so there's going to be a comeback. Let's go. 
Send him out to L.A. and back up Justin Herbert so he can be under Captain Comeback himself out there. Take over, lead the Chargers. If, uh, if Herbert uh, unexpectedly, surprisingly goes down himself, it's a resurgence it, 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 for Carson it's, it's Wentz. It's really an interesting story, and I will be beyond shocked and stunned in all those words if, if the only way that he comes back and plays at Lucas Oil is if he's on a roster of a visiting team. Well, if they if they want a uh, an inferior backup quarterback here next year, then that's the path they will go down. Uh, I say tongue in cheek because I know uh, this entire time. Let's just set the record straight: Carson Wentz ain't coming here. It's not going to happen, like Chap said. But, but, uh, but you can dream. But yeah. I can dream. But, but, but it, I can make it. I can make an argument. But you, you make but an you, argument. But for you it. can be delusional. So go right ahead and dilute. And I will be delusional. On this podcast, I promise you all that. 54-minute mark, is that so, when he hit yeah, it? Yeah, it was 54 minutes. Yeah, so I, for I, the want past, know, I want to know when I can stop listening. <laughs> for, for the past five, six minutes or so is when I have been going on my own diatribe here. So I, I, I do think it'll, it'll be intriguing as to who they bring in as backup quarterback. Excuse me. I, I think, like I said, they would love for Gardner. Um, I, I think the best possible solution for the offense is to have, like I said, one offense. So you have one style of quarterback who plays. But like you said, Chap, you can't force it. Like, if it's not there, you, you don't take it, and you take the best possible uh, solution. And I think that's what they did with Gardner Minshew last year. Like They knew they wanted to develop an offense around Anthony Richardson and his unique talents. There are not quarterbacks out there uh, at, by, the, yeah. by the truckload who have the talents of Anthony Richardson, right. for crying out loud. So you can't have the exact same offense anyway. But you can have a guy who's type you know, B, B. B minus. And again, uh, they, 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 to some level, were, were planning on both quarterbacks during the offseason. Right. That's a good point. They, they, they had to sort of have those options because while they while they wanted to be Richardson, they didn't know it would be him until they saw him extended during practice. And I think that's a good point now to, to say that now they know. Right. So there's going to be one offense or there should be one offense, not really two. The or, two offense will be the one that's in a binder right. that you pull out right. just in just case. In case. So, um, so it will be, it will be, it might be a change. Might not be a change. The the backup quarterback, in my mind, in March, whenever they they do it, will be a name that we know. And you say, okay, I I think so too. I think they they just need to get, whether it's Gardner, just make make it solid, get somebody Mm -hmm. that, that, because that that has been sort of an issue before uh, in in the past with this team having a quality backup. When Carson Wentz had to play on one ankle or or half an ankle in in Tennessee. That didn't tell you how ill-prepared they were Mm -hmm. at the position. For for the most obvious problem that that they could have had, I'm I'm not going to talk about this. We've beat it to death. Fourth and fifth receivers you have, three tackles you have, all these guys. They have Jake Eason there as their backup quarterback, and they don't want Jacob Eason, and they they don't want to. They don't want to play him. They don't want to play him. Anyway, we're done. No, no, no more uh, talk down down that rabbit hole. At least for today. Maybe next week we get into. So pro- you, you didn't won't. disappoint, Dave. So I, I never do, guys. I never do. Hey, we appreciate you all listening. Even can you imagine if Wentz went to Syracuse? Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh. Even in my uh, my most uh, my most crazy uh, delusion, I just so threw up in my certainly, mouth. Uh, certainly love having you guys here and being our. Uh, being our listeners and, and tuning in, downloading, and subscribing every week. Um, and, and like I said, I promise that, that my, my delusions are only a small part uh, of the Colts Blue Zone if, podcast. If we talk receivers or tight ends, you cannot bring up CW. It's, it's not my intention to. Like, I Although with do the receivers, you're good with Pittman. Yeah. 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 He, he, he made that, that rather salient point about Pittman. 
in the pros. Only his second year, too. He's developed a lot more than that. Can you imagine? See, I should, why would I do that right again? now? So it, I, I see, that was your fault. You know, we were rounding third and heading I for know, home. I, I know I, that's a baseball analogy. I had to go back but... and make sure I touched third base. <laughs> now, 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 now it's not, not my fault anymore. But hey, seriously, you can follow us on Twitter at Colts Blue Zone. Mike is at mchapel51. Read all his work online, fox59.com, cbs4indy.com. Matt on Twitter is at Statomatty. I'm at Dave G underscore sports. We'll see you next week on the Colts Blue Zone podcast.